Hey there, I'm Dana, a registered dietitian and registered dietitian exam tutor. And this is my podcast where we go over all of the questions that have been posted to my Facebook page, Registered Dietitian Exam Study Group with Dana over the past week. And we not only chat about the answers, but why are they the answers as well as answer any questions that students have posted on the page throughout the week. This is a weekly podcast, so be sure to tune in each week for new questions. And of course, I would love to see any of you guys at the live version of this on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So first one tonight is we had a question about what is the best way to study research? And we just did this as a live class of the week. So it's a great one to talk about. So when you're thinking about research, some of the biggest issues I have with students trying to get through this topic is that a lot of us underestimate how vocab heavy it is. And if you take the research class, it has a review, but then it also has a whole practice question class too where a lot of the questions are vocab-based. And research, we all have a varying, you know, amount of research exposure in our classes and then also in our dietetic internship. But a lot of the time, we're not necessarily thinking about the different types of research studies, right? Usually, we are reading an abstract, you know, maybe you're reading the whole thing. Um, I usually read the abstract, right? Kind of look around, you know, but I'm not going, hmm, was this a randomized control? Was this a cohort? What was the variability? What was the sensitivity? And that's kind of how you need to approach it for the exam. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot of vocab in there. And so when you're going through that vocab, you want to be able to explain it out loud. That's a really great way to make sure you know what it is, right? You don't want to just be like, oh, yeah, Jaina, the types of studies, meta-analysis, you know, randomized control trial, quasi-experimental, cohort, cross-sectional, case control. Yeah, I know them. But if I say, hey, what's case control? And you're like, mm, what is case control? That is your sign that you need to go through and understand them to a level that you can explain it to someone else. So definitely when you're studying the research, if it's a trouble area, grab the course. It's available on my website. All those links are in the show notes. But also kind of going through whatever material you have and pulling out the research and find your definition. That's super, super duper important. Okay, another one we had is what are the USDA recommendations for snacks? So I had a student who took her exam and she was asking me about, and she was like, oh, I, you know, I studied so much, but I just, I didn't know about the question that was asking about like USDA and snacks, like how are they involved in snacks? So when we're thinking about the USDA and snacks, they kind of have what's considered a small, a smart snack. And these are the qualifications that it must have to be a smart snack. So it, if it's a grain product, it has to be 50% or more whole grains by weight. So whole grains should be the first ingredient. Or it can also be a product that has the first ingredient of fruit, vegetable, or dairy or protein. Or it can be a combination food that contains at least one-fourth cup of fruit and or vegetable. But all these foods must meet the nutrient standards for calories, sodium, fats, and total sugars too. So that one's kind of what I would consider to be more of, a, more of like a fact-based fact one. And remember, when you're kind of studying for the exam or if you recently came out of the exam and you're like, 
I have never seen this topic before. Remember, there's a lot of like really middle, many things. Sometimes on the exam too, they're doing test questions. So if you're coming out of a practice exam, practice question, class, your real exam, you're like, I've never heard of this before. Always, always give it a look up. And, you know, if you're confused, you can always, you can always ask it, um, ask it on the page too. Okay, another one we had is from a student who is saying they're retaking their exam next week. Good luck. Um, and was wondering if anyone had any tips on food sources um, as she's gotten multiple questions on that and gotten stumped. And we've talked about it. I don't remember exactly which episode it is, um, but I'll repeat it again too so you guys all hear about it. My favorite thing is the NIH Vitamins, Minerals, and Supplements website. I'll put it below in um, I'll put it below in the show notes too. But one of the best things about that is you're able to kind of click on pretty much any vitamin and mineral, click it, and then you want to go to the healthcare provider one. That's the best one to be doing. And when you do that, you're going to be able to see like a huge, huge list, and it's in order of how much it has. So that's a great thing to be looking at because this exam is not going to say, well, you know, what's a good source of carrots? You know, well, not carrots. What's a good source of vitamin A and then have carrots? So that is one of my favorite resources. It is free to you guys. I also, of course, have my vitamins and minerals class, which you can get on my website. Um, but a lot of the charts I use in there is are from the NIH because I love those charts. And one thing is you're going through the exam is make sure you're utilizing resources out there. Do not feel like you need to reinvent the wheel. If you haven't all already, definitely go on my website and grab the free downloads. I'll put it in the show notes as well. But that is kind of pretty much, it's a free resource because it's just free things that I, you know, I find like the NIH website, you know, like different guides from the USDA that exist out there. And you can always ask on the page exactly like this student did because I want to be here to kind of help you guys, um, help you guys through the, through the exam too. So never, never be afraid to ask on that one. Another one we had this week was we had a student who was asking about how they can be asking different like TPN and tube feed questions. And I like to kind of separate TPN and tube feeds kind of into like two kind of separate camps. So they can be asking you about it in a terms of like fact-based, like more of like the M and the M and T side of it too, of, you know, they're saying like, which tube feeding is best, which TPN regimen is best, you know, where they're not necessarily asking you to do really like mathy things. They're more asking you, they're more asking you how to do it you know, like, well, you know, think of the case, think of the considerations, which one would be the best. But then you can, they can also ask you about kind of like the math of it. So thinking about different types of questions, we'll talk about tube feeds and then TPN. For the tube, for the tube feed based questions, they tend to be asking you what rate it should be run at, or how many calories is this giving it, or how much protein is this formula giving or also free water, free water too. And I know free water gets tricky for a lot of you guys. One thing you want to remember is that every, you know, every formula is going to have a slightly different amount of free water present in it. 
And, you know, you're going to go crazy being like, well, do I need to know for Jevity? Do I need for Peptamin? All that stuff. So what you want to know is for the exam, they are going to give you enough information for you to solve it. So if they're asking you about free water of a formula, they will have to give you the concentration of the formula. And they might not say it like right out saying like, oh, it's a 1.0 formula, but they might be telling you this is the rate and this is how many calories it's going. And then you have to do calories over the volume and you're like, oh, it's a one calorie per milliliter. So be a little suspicious. You kind of have to be on the hunt for it a little bit. But what you want to kind of think about with the free water is that our standards for the different tube feed concentrations. So you want to know 1.0, 1.5, and 2 calorie per milliliter. So a 1.0, the majority of them are going to be around 80% free water. 1.5 is around 75. And then a 2.0 is around 70. And you want to think about why does this make sense? Well, all of them I'm saying are one milliliter. If, I have, if I'm, you know, chugging in or pushing in uh, two calories into one milliliter, not really enough room for, for a lot of water. First, if I'm only putting in one, I have a lot more room for water. So a more ca calorie concentrated formula, so like a high calorie formula, will be more concentrated, meaning it will have less free water. And that is very desirable for anyone who is having volume overload. So that's where kind of, you know, knowing the whole topic is definitely super duper important too when it comes to tube feeds. For TPN questions, they can again ask, you know, they love to ask calories that the TPN is giving. Um, also giving you, you know, an equation asking you for the glucose infusion, right? And this is actually something I got a few questions on for my one-on-one -on -one students this week. It's always funny because they it like always comes with themes. And the, the GIR, right, is the glucose infusion, right? Not to be confused with glomerular filtration type. So what we're thinking about there is I'm looking at milligrams of dextrose over kilograms of weight over 1440 because it's 1440 minutes in a day. So how I like to teach it is I like to be thinking of, well, they're always going to give me the patient's weight. I may need to convert it from pounds to kilograms, but they're always going to give me the weight. Then they're also always going to give you how many minutes are in a day, right? Because that's 1440, always, always 1440 minutes in a day. So your equation, right, is milligrams over kilograms over minutes a day. I always have 1440. Ooh, then I will always have the weight. So my question is really kind of coming down to, well, how many milliliter, milligrams, sorry, milligrams of dextrose am I giving in the formula? So there's a thousand milligrams in one, in one gram. So what we're thinking about there is if you find the grams, sometimes it's given to you, sometimes you have to do some math on it, but once you get the grams of dextrose, you are just either A, multiplying it times a thousand, or B, my personal favorite, I just add three zeros to the grams. So whatever one works best for you, and then you're taking that milligrams of dextrose over kilograms over 1440. Remember, we want that less than five. Inman's gonna say between 
like less than four to five, but less than five is the CNSC answer for that too. So with tube feeds and TPN, I find it does tend to be a tricky topic because, you know, especially depending on where you did your internship, you might not feel that comfortable on it. On your exam, this is a relatively small section, but the reason to make sure you're mastering this before your exam is because since the computer adaptive testing kind of jumps on to those trouble areas, you do not want to be in a position where you're like, oh, I didn't see much TPN tube feeds. I hope it's fine. And then you're getting slammed with tube feed, TPN questions, and that's causing you not to pass the exam. So it is important that you understand it. Definitely the class that I would recommend for that is the nutrition support bundle that's going to have tube feed and TPN full review plus a whole calculations class. But if you are also the type of student who's like, you know, Dana, I didn't get much tube feed TPN, but I want a job that I'm going to do that. There is actually um, a course on my website. It's called nutrition support basics for dietitians. And that's like dietitian level. So that is for my students who are like, you know, I, a lot of my students who like are have past exam, then they're going to do clinical, they'll use that. But I also always like to let my current RGBs know about it too, because if you want to work in clinical, that's a really, really great class to make sure you're kind of upping, upping your skills too. Okay. Then we also got a question too of how do I make a schedule? The student's saying, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed and, you know, just with the idea of making it too. And I, she said she started to study in October, but feels like she's chasing her tail. And I want to let this student know that a lot of people feel this way. And this is something super, super common, but it's something great to kind of ask about and be like, is this normal? What should I be doing? So having a schedule is super duper important. And especially if you're feeling lost in your studying it is something that can really help you to get back on track because if you're waking up, kind of studying, not remember what you're doing, feeling burnt out, you're not doing the studying efficiently. Remember, we went quality over quantity. So definitely, if you have not already, I would definitely tell the student and also everyone who's kind of in the same place, this is why I have my free RD exam prep class, which includes how to make a schedule. It also has sample schedules too. But you also want to think about, too, if you're like, I feel like, I, you know, I want something kind of made for me. I want to know exactly what I'm doing day by, by day. That is when I would recommend doing the signature self-paced course because that course comes with sample schedules. And it's something where, you know, you're going in, you're watching the video, then you're doing quiz, then you're doing homework. So it, it's very organized. Or, of course, any of the one-on-one -on -one programs come with a study assessment where you get a study schedule, too. And that can just be, you know, really, really helpful. You could also always do a one-on-one -on -one set, um, a one-on-one -on -one session too. Um, and that could be also part of the session too. But having a schedule is definitely, definitely super duper important. Okay. And we also got a question about what food service calculations do I need to know? So there's a lot of different um, food service calculations on the exam. Always, too, what I like to kind of encourage students to do is they're throughout the exam. So as you're studying, whether you're using like Inman, All Access, Sage, there's so many different things. 
write them down because having them all in one place is super duper helpful because they're scattered throughout the exam. A lot of the time we think that they're just in three and four, but they're also in one, two as well. So kind of as you're studying, writing them down is super duper helpful too because there is a lot of them too. Also, all of my math, my um, math classes, the math boot camp, as well as the equations bundle will have my math study guide, which will have it kind of all bundled in, um, bundled in for you. Another thing you want to make sure you're doing if you hate the math and you're finding it difficult is definitely to take advantage of my free trial on my website because one of the free trial classes is the math. So it's a different one than it is in the math boot camp, of course, but with the free trial, you get you get the math, one of the math classes, you get can sizes, and then you also get um, MNT part one. So it's a free access just for three days. It's a limited time, um, but it's a great way to, to kind of see if classes are going to be something that works really well for you and important to kind of make sure that you have um, that you're working with a tutor too, where you like how they teach too, because there's so many great tutors out there. Thanks for tuning in for this week's practice question review. Don't forget that we are doing these live on my Facebook page, Registered Dietitian Exam Tutoring with Dana RD, every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and I would love to have you join live. You can also head to my website, danajfnutrition.com, to find out about the latest classes as well as study tips and services. Thanks for tuning in.